Well, hey everyone, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast, your favorite show you've never heard of and the internet's best kept secret. I have for you today a stupendous special guest. No, not stupid, stupendous. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, today I have for you the not-so-late, but definitely great Nathan Sterling from the amazing band Rivers and Robots. If you haven't heard of Rivers and Robots, they're a really cool alternative indie Christian worship band. Um, I think the name Rivers and Robots alludes to the fact that they do a lot of cool electronic synthesizer stuff, as well as they have a real folky sort of... Um, acoustic vibe at the same time. Absolutely love it. Been a fan for a long time, and I'm really stoked to finally be able to bring Nathan on. We had kind of been talking about doing this for a few months, but it's finally here. But before we jump into that, um, I wanted to let you guys know about a huge life-changing event that's happening for me right now. If you've been following this show for any length of time at all, you know that the first part of 2021 was dominated with me finishing up uh, my new album with my band, Glowing Moses, and we finally finished it in June, but the first single is finally, after all this time, coming out next week at the time of this recording, but it's coming out August 6th. 2021. That's next week. And you will be able to listen to it on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube, and pretty much wherever music is happening. Yeah, I'm going to show you guys a clip of that here in a minute. But I'd like to ask a favor, if at all possible, could you like follow, subscribe, <laughs> do whatever it is that your platform of choice allows you to do. But every single one of those is going to add up because we actually have a shot to have our music placed on some really killer Spotify and Apple playlists. But before they do that, they need to see some growth. Um, they need to see some people listening to that stuff. So if you guys would do me a favor and just stream the heck out of this song when it comes out, I will be putting the link in the description. Um, the other thing if you want to do is head to our website. It's glowingmoses.com. Once again, the link will be in the description. But if you want to uh, do me a favor, go to that landing page that's there and fill out the forms. It's just going to have you log into Spotify or Apple, and it's going to have you pre-save, which means the second that the music comes out, it will magically... I don't know how it works. I'm not a rocket scientist, but somehow it's going to end up automatically being added to your library, and that's called pre-saving. The more of those we get, the better off we'll be. All right, I am done with the commercial. I am super excited for you guys to hear this interview. I had a blast talking to Nathan Sterling. In fact, off the mic, uh, after we were done recording, we pretty much ended up talking another hour because we were just having so much fun. So with all that said, I'm going to show you guys a clip of the new song, and we're going to jump right into the interview with Nathan Sterling. Okay, bye.
Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the House of Bliss podcast. I have an incredible guest that I've been so stoked to have on for a long time. Um, it is Nathan Sterling. And embarrassingly enough, I don't actually know. Do you go by Nathan? Do you go by Nate? Do you go by Chimichanga? Like, what is your, what do you like to go by? I usually go by Nathan, but uh, Chimichanga sounds pretty good, man. So, <laughs> okay. Know, I'll try to remember that. So I've got, uh, yeah, Nathan is from the band Rivers and Robots. And more than that, he's just a great human being. Um, we had the pleasure of meeting, I want to say, so, well, it would be 2017 because it was right before my daughter was born. And uh, it was kind of funny because my band at the time, um, since I was about to have a baby, we were about to kind of take a break for a while. And so two of the guys in my band, Nate and Jake, were free and you guys needed musicians, right? And so um, they were basically your backing band in the States. That was a terrifying experience. So. <laughs> We, we booked a whole like us tour and then um two of our guys couldn't make it anymore um so rather than cancel it we thought we'd just try and search out for some session guys um which was two of your band members um but we'd never heard them play before so <laughs> we literally like flew out i think it was the day before i don't know to, to cleveland and just had a little jam with these guys and <laughs> we're like I hope this really works out because we've got a whole like tour coming up, <laughs> but it worked out great. So it did. Yeah. And I was of course at your Cleveland stop on that trip and uh, it was, it was fantastic, man. Actually, uh, great, it's, man. I couldn't believe the, I don't know, I guess I don't really believe in coincidence, the Providence really, because uh, I, I had heard of you guys back when I was still living in Washington state originally um, I think you guys were with like come and live or something like that. And I was like, dang, these guys are really fresh and original. I, I, I'm enjoying this. And I never really dreamed that like, uh, you know, our paths would cross in such a funny way. So, uh, we were trying to toss around different names, like glowing robots or rivers and Moses or <laughs> something like that. Rivers and Moses, man, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> right. Cause he's just going around parting rivers and stuff. Well, hey, man, I'm, I'm really thankful to have you on. And one thing I like to do um, with all of my guests is uh, just loosen things up a little bit. Obviously, Christian culture could be pretty stuffy. And so I just enjoy asking kind of off the wall, goofy questions, um, just so people can get to know a different side of you. And so um, if you're up for it, I have a list here of hand selected, curated questions for you. Oh, my gosh, I'm excited. <laughs> Fantastic. So I know you're from the UK. Um, we were talking a little bit. You're from Manchester. Yeah, that's right, man. Okay. And uh, so I don't know much about the UK, but I keep hearing about this dessert toad in the hole. Can you tell me more about this? Well, the first thing to say is that toad in the hole isn't actually a dessert. It's um, it's a savory dish. So uh, <laughs> oh, I'm straight okay. to begin with. Um, and it doesn't actually include any toads. Any toads. Um, and I don't think there's any holes in it either. Um, but it's basically... Um, do you guys know what a Yorkshire pudding is? Um, I know what figgy pudding is. Oh, my gosh. Um, so Yorkshire pudding is basically a little bit... It tastes like a pancake, but you bake it. Um, so probably you need to Google Yorkshire pudding first. Um, right. Toad in the hole is basically sausages inside a Yorkshire pudding with gravy on it. And oh. honestly, it's, yeah, it's inspirational. Like, it'll change your life. It'll change your family's life. 
um yeah you should have it all right so i'm looking at this yorkshire pudding stuff and uh this looks like what we might call a roll or a biscuit or something so i mean it's kind of flaky though it tastes like a pancake oh so flaky like a do you guys Um, have those in the uk we do have croissants yeah um mate it's this is a hard one to try and explain um (laughs) i don't know you need to taste and see i don't know man (laughs) (laughs) you picked a very a very unusual one throw it in the hole i don't don't know how to explain that um yeah i was just trying to be relatable man make you feel like you're at home you know i do feel at home yeah my mum has cooked that before for me so yeah right on i'm gonna have to try this out it sounds life-changing well so you guys have had some really um rowdy monarchs over the years it sounds like just just kind of observing from afar and i'm just kind of curious like nowadays like what does the queen actually do besides give medals to elton john and paul mccartney (laughs) that is the question on all of our lips like what does the queen actually do um okay (laughs) she waves at people and she wears great outfits um she jumped out of a helicopter at the Olympic opening ceremony. What? No, 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 no. It like, like it may have been a stunt double. It may have been a stunt double, but um, <laughs> I'm not sure. The jury stood out on that one. Um, yeah, she's great though. We love her. Fantastic. She's just someone you want to give a hope to, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, she cool. Waves, she smiles. Awesome. Um, so, what are your top three favorite flavors? of ice cream oh my gosh um right uh pistachio maybe okay i might might go for a pistachio one and somebody in an indie rock band would say pistachio that's great pistachio (laughs) (laughs) um praline and nuts uh praline one with like the um salted caramel and praline that was quite a good one delightful um and then just a chocolate brownie all the way to the real wow oh yeah awesome yeah just get like all your breakfast lunch and dinner in one scoop of ice cream perfect yeah perfect (laughs) (laughs) so man you've you've traveled all over the world and uh you've been a part of it looks to be hundreds or maybe even thousands of different church meetings and so uh just statistically, you've probably had some pretty embarrassing moments. <laughs> Could you tell me about maybe like what is the single most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you in a in a church setting? In a church setting, uh, oh gosh, I need to have a think about this one. <laughs> the only one that I can think of, um, and it's not really embarrassing for me. It's more embarrassing for my brother. Um, <laughs> We were like two kids in church back in the day. We grew up in church um, and we thought we'd do a hold your breath contest before the church meeting started. Basically, all of our parents were worship leaders and basically that means that all your kids will be in the side room messing about doing something stupid. (laughs) Um, So we used to like have scissor wars where we'd throw scissors at each other um, behind tables and things like that. Like, Really bad stuff. And we were like seven, eight years old, you know, we were just goofballs. Um, oh, man. But one of the things we did um, was uh, holding your breath contest. And my brother won it. I 
don't know if he got like to a minute and a half or two minutes or something like that. Um, it's very impressive. Yeah. Um, and then we were all on the front row on Sunday evening and uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal church so it's quite used to seeing people fall over in the spirit and stuff <laughs> but you definitely know when someone hasn't fallen in the spirit and my brother um, fainted on the front oh, row no. and landed flat on his face and uh, bit, through, bit through his lip and uh, oh no oh <laughs> the senior my pastor's wife came running, running up and she looked really concerned and flipped him over and then he, he came back back out of his, like, whatever it was. Um, and then the first thing he said was, where am I? <laughs> oh, no. So, like, the band stops and then, like, they usher <laughs> him into a side room and then someone gets up on the stage and says, oh, this is terrible. And then everyone starts speaking in tongues. It <laughs> 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 so wasn't really bad. Back, you're like, more Lord, more Lord. <laughs> no, they're just like, oh, Lord, we just come against this thing right now <laughs> as he's going to the hospital. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I think that, yeah, that was probably, it's not really embarrassing for me, but it's definitely a good story. <laughs> for sure. Oh, man. I've always been terrified, like, you know, that maybe I'd eat too much toad in the hole and, like, have a heart attack in a charismatic meeting and everybody would just be like, more Lord, like nobody, nobody would yeah. call the hospital because they'd be like, oh, he's just in a trance. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> man, that's a good one. That's that's probably my favorite one that people have shared whenever I ask about embarrassing stories. Although I had a friend on here who's a real estate agent and he said during a, a showing, he had somebody walk out of the shower. That was pretty embarrassing. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that one, so we won't go to that one. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why all my questions are revolving around food because I did draft your questions before lunch, I guess. But um, what is the craziest thing that you've ever eaten? <sighs> so I haven't. I don't really eat crazy things, um, <laughs> but I can say like I had one trip where I got offered a lot of crazy things and didn't eat them and they were all eggs. Um, so, and it, and you know, and it's quite bad because when you're touring, you don't want to offend like cultures and stuff, but like, I just Absolutely. had my boundaries. You, know? you need, you need boundaries in your life. And um, the first, I was in like Singapore and this woman offered me a, um, this thing called a 100 year old egg. Um, which basically is an egg that's been put in a bucket full of cow urine for like a year until it turns grey and then you're supposed to eat it um, and I just thought no, no I don't, I don't need that um, oh. so, so I refused it and she's really offended um, so that was pretty bad and then I get to the Philippines and then they offered me um, this thing called balut which is again an egg but they've allowed it to like halfway mature into a chicken um, and uh, so it's basically just a chicken embryo in an egg and I thought no I don't I don't need that in my life either so wow maybe I'm not very maybe I'm not very adventurous but yeah I've turned down several opportunities to be adventurous in my food so yeah, so I can't really judge as someone who hails from the country that invented deep fried butter, but sometimes I just can't, you know, like I can't even imagine eating a urine soaked egg. That's dude, no one needs that. I like yeah. eggs and I like chickens, but yeah. I don't like embryos and I don't like um like gray eggs. 
I just don't need that in my life. So. Yeah, we don't need to dwell on that too long, but that opens up one of those really fascinating discussions about ethics and how different cultures have different <laughs> things. <laughs> but I guess we won't go there. But the last, the last kind of like fun, goofy question I wanted to ask you is, um, and I'm always curious, especially with fellow musicians, but what is the most unexpected thing in your music library? Oh gosh. Um, for people that know me, like I listen to, you know, when people say, Oh, you, you know, you ask someone, what, what kind of music do you listen to? And they say everything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I actually do listen to everything. So, um, <laughs> I went through a phase of like listening to like Hasidic Jewish stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so like, I have like, there's, I don't know, I don't know how you pronounce it because I don't speak Hebrew, but like, I think they're called like Kazbek or something. I used to just go through a phase at uni where I'd just put on incense, burn some incense sticks and play Kazbek <laughs> in yeah. my room. Just all like full on Jewish stuff. So, um, quite into that. I've got some Polish stuff as well that I got into. I got into like these folky, weird stuff for a little bit. This is probably the most odd thing on my music library list. <laughs> that's awesome man i used to work uh at a record store and uh i would always just grab some random thing from the world music section because i just i love that stuff like i love it yeah there's something cool about um different world like cultural music and stuff like that because the the structures of the songs are different like the way that they sing there's like call and response in some country there's lots of stuff that goes on that you just don't hear in western music so um Plus, it's just super weird, and I like weirding myself out with music sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, especially like making music and being in a scene where there's different bands that are all kind of doing similar things. It's like it's so good to just get way, way, way outside of your normal palette and yeah, hear man. like odd time signatures and just instrumentation that is like so different from the indie or worship crowd or anything like that. Just crazy yeah. instruments and stuff like that so it's so cool yeah. yeah that was all fun stuff but now we're getting to the real spiritual stuff here um <laughs> But so one of the things, one of the practices I've been practicing in my life for the last year or two is I stopped asking people, what are you doing or what are you up to? Because I think we tend to always kind of uh, size each other up based on what we're doing, you know, and, and I don't like doing that. So my question is, what is inspiring you? What's, what's something that's really bringing inspiration to your heart right now? Yeah. Um, I guess probably the biggest thing right now is um, I'm really into community. I'm trying to figure out how to do community better. Um, I don't know if that's inspiration, um, but I guess being a musician and doing music, traveling around the world for 10 years um, and then finishing that, um, I guess I've realized that um, kind of like friendships like community is such a, a cliche word I mean you could probably boil it down to just friendships couldn't you um but I guess I've just realized that I've not really had a huge emphasis on that 
over the last 10 years. Mm. Um, not, not in a good way, you know. Um, just simple things like um, hanging out and having, like, drinks in someone's garden or, like, um, going on a walk with someone or, like, watching a football with someone. Like, just kind of normal life stuff that I guess um, most people just take for granted. But I guess I've been finding that quite inspirational. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's really not a right answer to that question. No, that's really good, man. I think a lot of yeah. people, it's especially after 2020, um, and especially in Christian culture, I feel like so many people kind of realize, I'm not saying this was you, I'm just saying I've noticed this conversation pop up a lot around ministers who are like, wow, my priorities, I didn't realize were really out of whack. Like I was about services, I was about events or whatever, but taking the, having kind of the forced time off in 2020 really brought me back to the essence of what life in Christ really is about and it's, and it's relationships, it's community. And just realizing like he's as present in those drinks in the garden and, you know, walks with your friends as he is at, you know, the crazy, like 20,000 people, you know, events for Jesus or whatever. So, um, yeah, I would actually actually go a bit further and say, I wonder if he's even more present now. Um, I don't know. Like, he's like controversial, but I've been a part of a, um, I've been a part of a, like a prayer house thing um, for a couple of years. And it's been really good. And I've been doing that. I've actually just finished doing that recently. But I remember thinking, you know, what? I'd really love to get to know these guys a bit better. Um, but it feels like there's a, a four hour prayer meeting, like in the way of us actually connecting with each other. I'm not saying like that um, prayer meetings are, are a bad thing necessarily, or like church meetings. I think they're, they're good, you know, but um, they can, if you're not careful, you can, I feel like we can get um, really focused on the ministry stuff um, and miss um, like the holistic nature of what it means to be a Christian and what it means to follow Jesus, you know, that like um, I've seen, and I've seen it in my own life and, and I see it as well, like that there's a lot of unhealthy um, Christians, you know, um, who, you know, maybe just need it, maybe just need a friend, maybe just need someone to talk to rather than another, another movement or another idea to get us all to pray more or do more. Do, do you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if that's controversial. No, um, no, that's, that's so good, man. Yeah. And sometimes you just need, just like a conversation with someone in the garden, you know, will unlock something in your life more than, three days of fasting would do, you know, um, <laughs> not, that, not that fasting's a bad thing either. Um, and it, it almost sounds a bit controversial to say it, but I don't know. I just wonder whether, um, we've missed, missed the trick here with community. That's actually a really, really vital part of being a Christian, you know? Yeah. My friends and I have had kind of like endless conversations about this, but how really it's like, if you look at Jesus, he was constantly, um, doing things that were almost actively pushing crowds away. And he was really focusing in on the heart of people and really focused on kind of like a tighter circle. And then you look at the apostles who were experiencing, you know, what we might call like a revival where tons of people are getting saved and coming in. But 
you don't really hear much about like the meetings as much as you hear about the way that they lived their lives was so people focused. It was so community oriented. You know, they were sharing daily life together. They were eating together. They were sharing their resources. Like, um, and, and it doesn't really seem like, I don't know. Um, I, I've been in the church my whole life as well. And I've just always kind of thought like, why is it that kind of this whole mega church meeting setup? it, it is good and it serves a purpose, but it, it seems to really not be conducive to the community stuff, which is like where really all the action happens, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know whether I'm just thinking about this because we've had in the UK, we've had 16 months of lockdown. Um, and like during that time I've moved, I moved church um, cause I felt like the Lord told me to, um, but I joined this church, which basically meant I watched it on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and like, I've been watching it on YouTube for 16 months and we've still not had a Sunday service yet. Um, and now I'm leading a small group in this church, which has all been on Zoom. Um, and then like the only meeting points have been hanging out in the park with people, like went for a couple of walks with the pastor, like um, going around for pizza in someone's garden or like going out and doing street evangelism and praying for sick people and stuff. Um, oh, that's awesome. But like, that's literally been church. Like there hasn't been a Sunday service. So <laughs> I don't know whether that's really made me rethink a few things, but I think it's been a really good, good season. Really. I'm quite thankful for it really. Oh yeah. That's so good, man. That, that's yeah. So that's interesting because like that's kind of a similar thing that I was kind of saying earlier a lot of people are experiencing is they're they're going oh this thing that we have kind of made the main thing at least in western culture is now taken away and in that in the wake of that it's not like people are falling off the (laughs) you know becoming apostate and everything's going to hell. It's kind of the opposite. It's like, Oh my gosh, friendships are being strengthened. And um, we're returning to kind of this roots of just walking with each other um, in daily life. Like it's, 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 it kind of makes you go, well, what were we doing before? (laughs) I feel a heck of a lot healthier these days. (laughs) Oh, that's so good, man. That's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. curious about you just as a person um so you've been involved in church you said your whole life but what's your history with jesus when when did the when did he really become real for you and like how did you come into faith and friendship with him sure um so i grew up um so my dad uh was a hippie he was going to see a guru in manchester and uh Someone told him about Jesus. Um, he'd lost his mom and he'd lost his dad and his life was all a bit kind of spirally. Mm. Um, but he went to this little room full of a bunch of hippies. He'd all just become Christians for like a week or something. Um, and he had a huge encounter with the Holy Spirit um, and ended up becoming a Christian. He got led to Jesus by a bunch of people that didn't even know anything about the Bible, you know? Um, mm. <laughs> um, 
So I grew up kind of in his shadow. So like hearing all of his stories and stuff. So my dad was like an elder in our local church and stuff. Um, and that church had seen a load of miracles and a load of interesting things, like um, signs and wonders and different things. Um, but I came on the scene, all of that had kind of finished. Um, so I grew up hearing a lot of stories about God, um, which I kind of just followed and believed it and stuff. Um, but it wasn't till I was about 16. Um, my brother started getting quite real about Jesus. And I guess I just um, felt like if I'm going to follow God, I need to have my own encounters with him mm. um, because why would I follow something secondhand, you know? Mm. Um, so I put on um, these cassettes. I don't know if you've heard of Morning Star Worship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, but my, my dad really got into them at one point. So I had these cassettes that I found and I just start put them on and just lay on the floor and ask God to meet me. Um, oh, that's so awesome. And basically, because I found this like hour and a half slot where my parents went in the house, you know, um, so I'd just lie on the floor and wait to meet the Lord, you know, and then like, I don't know how you would describe it really. Um, just felt like waves and waves of like glory just coming into the room, like every night. Um, mm. And I'd put on these cassettes. There's only four of them. There's like, I think they had like crazy charismatic names like glory and warfare and worship and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put them on. Um, and it felt like I could literally touch Jesus. Um, like he was like physically there, but he wasn't, you know, but, it, but I, there was several times I'd be like opening my eyes and thinking is that Jesus is going to be stood there right now. Um, mm. And I'd just do this, and I had these encounters for about three months, just every night, um, just really, really powerful. Um, and then I just started praying all these honest prayers about the doubts I had and different things like that. Um, and just God just really started to, like, make things click into place. Um, that's when I started getting into the Bible then and read the Bible from front to back and then got this, like, ridiculous passion for like um people that didn't know jesus um which pushed me into evangelism and stuff i think i think it all really started in this like season of just encountering jesus in in my bedroom on my own you know um when i was 16 yeah <laughs> mm, that's so good man that, that was yeah. honestly sort of similar to my story too just um growing up in church having my dad be a pastor but uh it wasn't until I actually encountered the raw, <laughs> amazing presence of God that I just, my whole life was just, I was like, I'm, I'm in, if, if this is who Jesus is. I'm in, mm. this is amazing. But yeah, um, either God's real or he's not real. <laughs> and if he is real, then you should be able to feel him, right? You should be able to know him, like you should be able to touch him. Um yeah, he's not like an abstract idea in your in your head. Like, if he's real, you should be able to meet him. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. That's always been kind of one of my convictions too. Is just I I kind of um, you know, for a while was going just around a lot of churches that weren't really experiencing a lot of stuff like that, and that's part of why I was kind of turned off to Christianity. But after I had that experience, 
I went home kind of similarly to what you're talking about. And I said, God, like, if you're real, then you should be able to touch me like that here by myself in my room, not just at yep. some conference or something. And, and that's really been what's like fueled my whole life is just, just daily, just being like, Jesus, I need you. I need you to, yeah. to show me your glory and to, I need to experience that because that's, I mean, you probably know this, but I mean, that's what calibrates your heart and that's what sets you on fire and keeps you sustained yeah. is, is him. Do you still have those experiences with Jesus? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find like it's harder to, to, to find the space to the, like I had when I was a teenager. Um, but I do, I like these days, um, I feel like you can, you can make a habit out of um, trying to meet the Lord, you know, in quiet times. And I feel like that sometimes God's like, wait, I'm going to play hide and seek now. Um, <laughs> and like that worked for a little bit, but I'm going to just mess you about now. Um, and things stop working. So you find new ways. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I, I think really God's after a relationship, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And if, it's not after a formula. It's not like a, uh, like an algebra, you know, X equals Y, like lie on the floor, play the CD and then you'll meet me. Um, <laughs> I don't think it works like that. Um, but I find like now, like a large way I meet in God is um, through just walking in the park and just sitting on a bench and looking at some trees. And then I'll begin to feel the presence of God. Like, and I feel like um, there's something about, um, man, I'm going all over the place here, but hey, I think there's something about um, when Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand, um, like God isn't far away. Um, and I think there is something about, it's just all it takes is turning to him and we can have like moments with the Lord, we can feel the presence of God, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I think it's just, it's really easy. Actually, there's just like total free access into the presence, I think. And, um, yeah. And you shouldn't have to feel like you need to jump through hoops to be with your father, you know, like, I don't think God's like that. I think it's just that thing you've just turning, turning towards him. Like I've been on like, like the bus and felt like I was getting a bit drunk in the spirit and then <laughs> had to like switch off a worship album, you know, just cause I'm, I'm on the bus, you know, and it's a bit, <laughs> bit inappropriate. <laughs> um, but you can be anywhere and just, yeah, just you have free access into relationship with God, you know? Um, yeah, but I do have those encounters still. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate about um, Rivers and Robots has been that you guys really draw um, a lot of different people from a lot of different streams. And you're really good at um, just finding ways to meet people where they are. Uh, you know, the way you presented yourselves hasn't been like super like woohoo, charismatic or whatever. Um, but it's very obviously there. You know, I can feel it when I when I listen to it and stuff like that. But I, I love that song that you guys did satisfy, um, particularly because that song to me just reminds me of all those times I've had where I've just been just like wasted in the joy of the Lord. 
<laughs> and uh, I was just kind of curious if you if that's been you know a part of part of your experience too. You mentioned being drunk in the spirit. Like, has that kind of yeah. played a role in your relationship? Well, I, I didn't realize what being drunk in the spirit was really because I've never been drunk. Because <laughs> I never I never did the rebel thing. Um, but I was talking to a friend once, and she's I was saying about how sometimes I, I'll be like on my own worshiping with my guitar and I'll feel pins and needles all over my body and then my arms stop working. And she was like, she was like, that sounds like you're getting drunk in the spirit. And I was like, okay, so there we go. <laughs> um, kind of funny you put, brought out that song. Like for, for us, um, the main reason we wrote that song was because we were listening to some Christian music um, just to hear what, what's actually being released and what was going out. And we we noticed a lot of the songs were always about um, there's this storm, um, but I'm going to praise you anyway, or <laughs> this mountain that I can't climb, but I'm going to climb it anyway. And it was very much, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with those kind of songs, um, but I think if it's the only thing that we're singing, then that's that's bad, I think, because it's, it's pointing to the fact that like um, we don't find the joy in the, in God, you know. It's like it's almost like these kind of songs almost felt to me like um, I hope you're going to pat me on the back, God, because you're not come through for me, but I'm still going to worship you anyway. And I'm like, is that a, is that a good is that something we should be really celebrating? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or is there something about the Psalms, you know, where it says like in your presence there's fullness of joy and like there's there's like there's this whole like banquet table that God's prepared for us. <laughs> and it's like we should be stepping in and taking some of that and enjoying it, you know. And um yeah, and I think that there's a real um evangelistic edge to that because if you find full satisfaction in Jesus, which is available for you. Um, why would someone else not want that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, but that's the harder song to write. That's the harder experience to get because it's easy to complain, but it's another thing to um, step into joy and then try and write a song that's not cheesy as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's where that one came from. We we had a lot of chats about that. Yeah. That's so interesting, man. I had the exact same thought. I just, I was listening to, uh, every once in a while, I, you know, I, I'm not knocking it. I'm just not really a big fan of like Christian top 40 or whatever, but every once in a while I'll put on the radio and I'll listen to what's going on. And I remember being struck by like every single one of these songs is about weathering a storm of some kind or just like, God, I don't feel you, but you know, you're still good or whatever. And, you know, it's interesting the power of our words. Like we, we've been given a a crazy amount of authority in the spirit, in the kingdom. And so in a sense, if we're always like only singing, I'm struggling, I don't feel you, I'm struggling. Like, I kind of wonder how much of that is honestly just self-fulfilling prophecy because we just keep declaring it and keep living in that. And I love, I've found that the approach that you're talking about is not only good for evangelism, but it's like, Focusing on the fact that you don't feel God, um, music, it can be helpful to express your feelings in music, 
but it's more, it's almost more powerful to just sing the truth anyway. And, you know, almost like sing yourself out of your feelings. Cause you're like, I may not feel anything right in this moment, but if I'm singing that, like, Lord, he's satisfied. Like all of a sudden I go, Oh yeah. My heart, my, my mind, everything yeah. inside me realigns with the truth. So I don't even have to dwell yeah. on what I'm feeling. I just get there. So and that's, that's the thing about the Bible. Cause that's, that's the biblical truth, isn't it? Um, and it's like, <laughs> you start singing it and you, then you slowly start believing it. I think, I think, um, like Bethel, I went to Bethel conference once and they, they said, sing what you want your church to look like in five years. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, yes, that's, that's totally it. You know, um, cause where does, where does trials and struggles and all of that lead you to at the end? It doesn't lead you to a good place. Um, but like, if we're focusing on God and like trying to step into all the goodness that he has for us and all of that, that's a good, that's a good way to, point in your life um i actually watched like a ted talk um and it was all about anxiety and and depression and all that kind of stuff um and they were they were saying that it's a natural part of human nature that that you automatically will go to the negative thing in your head and then it creates like cycles and it's like it's like there's like an easy um your mind will easily go to the worst case scenario all the time. Um, and it hardly ever goes to the positive. Um, so I think that's really important when we're talking about spiritual stuff is, is that we're thinking about, well, what's, what's true, what's noble, what's good, you know, and, and thinking about um, the goodness of God and, and putting that front and center Um yeah, and you have to be really intentional about that at first, but then you create like a posititive. I don't know. I I don't know where I'm going with that one. Like a pathway yeah, like a pathway, yeah. a, a pathway to positivity. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like yeah. the title of a great coffee table book. <laughs> it's another interesting thing, kind of on the point that you brought up about all of these songs, sort of being about this, is, and another reason I really love this song, it feels like, like if you take these truths like in Colossians and Ephesians where it talks about um, Christ is in us. And, mm. and then Ephesians talks about, we are in Christ. Like we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. And um, Col- uh, Paul talks about how I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And you look at these truths about God, who he is, he's this fully satisfied being of pure joy and pure light and pure goodness. So if we are one with him, if he dwells inside of us, like, then what is like, why are all these songs kind of, you know, almost singing a contradictory reality of like, um, Jesus, I need you to come to where I am or God, I'm so desperate for a touch from you. It's like, but you're one with him. Like you're, you're living Mm in him right now in him you live and move and have your being and so i'm just kind of craving more worship songs that kind of describe the the reality of what is it like inside of god you know not songs that are like please come to me please give me an encounter but songs that are just like this is just here we are together you know it's it's almost you know what it reminds me of tying it back to what you said 
is how many churches we mentioned are kind of focused on meetings and things like that. But where you really, really start to connect transformationally with Jesus is in fellowship. And how many worship songs do you know that really just sort of have kind of that same vibe of fellowship and enjoyment of God without all the rah, 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 let's save the world, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's, this is, you're kind of leading me into what I put on Instagram, um, which you probably um want to pull up i'm guessing um sure yeah let me I'm, pull it up i'm this <laughs> i'm this big believer at the moment in like trying to live at 80 percent mm. uh, so like i've definitely been the christian who's maxed out my whole life um and i i remember like in i think it was the tw- end of 2018 or maybe 2019 and we'd just done this huge trip around Southeast Asia. We led like 600 prisoners to Jesus, saw loads of kids get delivered from depression and anxiety and stuff and all this. And it was amazing. Um, and I, I came back from that trip just feeling like an empty shell of a human being. Because mm. um, <laughs> I was just giving everything out and like... Um, around that time I had a lot of like crazy things going on in my personal life with um, relationships I was in and things that weren't working out and um, didn't really have many friends uh, outside of the band really. And I remember I went out for a coffee with this one friend of mine who came up from London and he was literally just like, I think you really need to look after yourself. (laughs) Mm. And uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like we we spend a lot of time focusing on um, like our worship upwards towards God um, in a church context, and we focus a lot on um, our mission, going out to seek and save, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but we don't focus a whole lot on our internal life, you know, like like the Holy Spirit in us, like personal health, like mental health, spiritual health and all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, is like we end up becoming like um, these dads that you see in movies who they're working like CEOs in these big companies (laughs) and their families are like falling to bits and they're falling to bits. Um, And I feel like that's just not, God's vision for ministry. That's not God's vision for our lives. And I I actually cheekily have started telling people God doesn't want to use you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you know what I mean, like, like God doesn't want to use you, wring you out dry and then discard you and then find the next young, excited Christian to wring out and dry and discard. (laughs) That's so good. But it feels, it feels like that's how we've, approach church and ministry and stuff but i think there's something about um and it's what john mark Comer talks about it in that um that book he just released Mm -hmm. the um Mm -hmm. elimination of hurry um there's something about not trying to be the most productive person in the world maybe you can't do everything um maybe you can do 80 percent instead of 100 percent, and then that leaves you a Monday night to watch Netflix 
or a Tuesday night to go around to a friend's house and have a pizza. Um, and it's actually those, those spots, like what I've been saying about community, like actual community, not just like a small group in a church, you know, um, actually being friends with people. Um, they're really vital and actually really spiritual too, I think, because that's where you're dealing with the stress or whatever, or you're giving yourself space to breathe a little bit. And I think that's a really, really important thing. I think there's a lot of unhealthy Christians. Um, and if we can get a bit healthier, that would be a really good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I, I, um, I've thought about this a lot because it seems like I think people mean well, you know, saying we want to see people get saved and healed and delivered and transform cities and stuff. That is all really, really good stuff. It's great. But um, it's, it's interesting how quickly it can become a machine that is so focused on that stuff that people almost become expendable, just like you were talking about. And yeah. suddenly God is our boss and, you know, we're just working, working, working. And, um, I don't think that's the community that Jesus showed us. I don't think that's how Jesus did ministry. Like he had meals. They, they were having good, good fun, you know? And yet they, they all were martyrs and they were all like, I'm not saying like, let's just kick our feet up and not <laughs> take any risks and everything's going to be great. Um, it might not in the end, like, who knows, but like, Certainly, I don't think he was saying, like, um, like God first. Well, I, you hear it all the time, don't you? God first, family second, like this. I don't think it works like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, so so I'm glad you brought up that Instagram post because I actually, um, in my notes here, I wrote down to ask you specifically about that post because um, I think you, you probably have a really great take on this as a musician, as somebody who's been um, you've been able to do all of the things that get all the pats on the back in church, you know, you've done all the, all the good kingdom stuff. Um, and yet I've noticed that the modern church is really, I, I don't know if this is the right word or not, but almost infected by this like hustle culture thing. And, and you see so many Christians rather than, trying to just live an honest, good life in Christ, bearing fruit, you know, out of relationship, it, it becomes, we're all just trying to be like Instagram influencers and we're all just trying to, you know, live the hustle, got to live the dreams, got to get the career, got to whatever. And yeah, but you wrote this line recently in your post, you, you said maxing out your life is not a God mandate. And I, I think that's an extraordinary line. And I'm curious, yeah. as somebody who is an artist and an influencer and who has experienced a lot of that, um, you know, what most people would be like is the ideal way to be a Christian or whatever. You've kind of lived the dream life in a lot of sense. Like, how have you kept your heart out of that hustle culture mentality? Um, I don't know if I did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was having chest pains and uh and full-on anxiety attacks at some points um so i don't think i did really to be honest um and i think coronavirus probably came as a bit of a a breather for me really um Mm. yeah 
but that's what I'm saying is a <laughs> I just don't think I did I did really to be honest yeah <laughs> To the soothing sounds of Rivers and Robots. The track you're hearing is Satisfy off their album Discovery, which you can find at their website, riversandrobots.com. Stay satisfied, everybody. Everybody talks about rest. But it seems to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But what it, what is learning to rest look like for you, Nathan? I did have um, like a picture in the beginning of 2020 um, where I saw um, like the ocean. And I don't know if you've ever been to the beach and the tide has gone out. Um, it's such a disappointing thing. Have you ever been to a beach, actually? You live in Cleveland, right? <laughs> well, I'm not from Cleveland. I'm from the West Coast, so I've been to oh, so many, you have many the beaches. Ocean. It, yeah. it does exist. It does exist. Um, but if you go there like, and the tide's out, all you basically see is just seaweed, um, and there's nothing there. Um, and I felt like God said to me, um, that he was pulling the tide out um, and it was a season for me to go out with him um, in the unseen places, not in the visible places. Um, mm. So I just took that to mean I need to join a prayer group thing where there's no one around um, and just get invested in that. Um, but I didn't realize that the ultimate thing was that the band was actually going to come to an end and all of that kind of stuff. Um and the thing about um, thing about it is it's about knowing what season you're in, isn't it? So um, if you're like a fish and you're trying to do ministry and the, um, the tide's in, then that's great, you know. But if God's not there and you're just still performing on the shoreline, you're just flopping and flopping and eventually you're going to be gone, you know. <laughs> mm. um, but it's knowing like when God's saying right now's a season to just come away and not be seen and rest. Um, so right now, like I feel like I'm in this amazing season and I'm really loving it actually. Um, and I'm literally just working in an office um, <laughs> and I'm typing, I'm doing spreadsheets and I'm, I'm booking events and stuff like that. Like, um, and it's brilliant. Like I'm actually really loving it really healthy and serving at a local church um hanging out with friends and that kind of stuff and i'm in this real season of rest right now um and uh yeah i just think it's um 
we don't need to always be on the go. Like we don't always need to be doing significant things. And I think it's just about knowing when's the time to, to stop and go out and be with the Lord for a bit. Um, I don't know. I think it's just knowing what, what does rest mean to you? Kind of, you know, one thing I'm kind of wondering about is like, so I think when you first come to the Lord, especially if you're not from any sort of church background or whatever, like it can be really important to acknowledge Jesus as master because you've been living your entire life a certain way. And now it's time to learn to, to live his way. And so for a while, like, it really is like important to relate to God as kind of like your master, but eventually, I mean, what he wants to bring you to is, is bride really is like, that's the most intimate and free kind of relationship that there is. And like, I don't, I don't wake up in the morning and go like, okay, what's my wife going to do for me today? You know, like (laughs) what use do you have for me today? Um, Like no healthy marriage is built on that, but it's, it's instead, it's, it's like a, a mutual co-adventure and like we 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 dream together and we think of things together and we we live life together and sometimes life is really exciting like when we move you know across the country and other times it's like well we're changing diapers and (laughs) having sleepless nights but it's all it's all this beautiful togetherness and i i just wonder you know i would just just so on my heart to i think the message you're preaching is extremely important because I, I just long for the church to step out of like master mode and just kind of come to see him as like, as friend and as, as shepherd mm-hmm. and as lover and as, you know, yeah as father as well. Father. Yeah. Father's a good one. <laughs> of course. How could yeah. I forget it? <laughs> I didn't share this, but um, <laughs> I'll share this because it's kind of funny. Um, I, the, the, the beginning part of where the band started actually was when I was 12 years old and I got invited along to this meeting by my youth leader. Um, I didn't know who these guys were, but it was at the crazy church in town. Right. And they did this, um, they did this like fire tunnel thing. This was years <laughs> ago. So I didn't even, I didn't have a grid for any of this. And I thought it was really weird. It was before battle and all of that. Um, and, uh, I'm like sat there watching these guys minister and I'm like, I don't want to give these guys the satisfaction of walking through this fire tunnel right now. <laughs> and my friend was like, this is a girl I kind of quite fancied her, you know, at the time. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to fall over for her. Like, this is silly. Like, And then uh, I go through this fire tunnel and I felt like the weight of God's presence just like fall on me and push me to the ground. And I was crawling out the other side <laughs> Like, what the heck is going on? And this guy said to me, um, you're going to play music all over the world and all this other stuff. And then my brother was also the same as me, came crawling out. And uh, and he said, you're going to be really influential in Christian music. And he's a producer now for a lot of Christian bands in the UK. Um, and uh, so I went through this whole season and then ended up at a meeting with Heidi Baker. And it was actually one of Heidi Baker's team. He, he now works with Heidi Baker and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he walked in at the back and I recognized him from when I was 12 years old. And oh, he wow. felt the presence of God on the music and came over to talk to us because he wanted to know what was going on because it felt weird for him as well. And we connected and found out 
he was the guy, you know? Wow. Um, so, so we're friends now. Um, so when the band finished, I gave him a ring and I was just like, Hey bro. Like, so you remember that, that prophecy and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> I've done that. So like, and now it's all finished. And I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm just going to like die now? And like, you know, <laughs> am I, am I, days numbered? am I going to get, I'm going to get hit by a bus or something. <laughs> um, but I think that's the thing of like, um, just trusting God, you know, like when, when a season's finished and it's come to an end that like, it's all right. Like you still got a relationship with your father, like, um, and he doesn't care so much about what you do. He, he cares more about you than he does about what you do. Mm. Um, so there's, there's a thing there about just trust and just, um, you don't need to always do significant things. You don't need to impress God. Like, um, yeah, he likes you just as much when you're going for walks and looking at trees than he does when you're in a prison leading people to Jesus, you know? Yeah, it's all the same. That's so good, man. One of the things that's kind of bringing to mind for me is like the whole kind of premise of this hustle culture is that, you know, if you don't do something, nothing's ever going to happen. And uh, it's kind of all focused on just how hard you work and stuff like that. But the thing is, like, as Christians, we live kind of the complete opposite reality. Like, I'm not mm. saying we should be lazy or passive or whatever, but like, the Lord's got it in the bag. <laughs> like, yeah, he's already finished the job, you know, like he's already redeemed the cosmos through the blood of Jesus. And so like, really, everything is just a reaction to what he's already done on the cross. It's, it's just, it's just the ripple effect of his, you know, big boulder in the water kind of thing. And, <laughs> and so like the kingdom, and it's like his kingdom is advancing, like whether I take a nap or whether I go and like get 50 people healed at Walmart, you know, which, yeah. which is like one of my favorite ways to serve Jesus is at Walmart. But, yeah. you know, like, so, and he ultimately doesn't need me at all. Like he wants me, he, he invites me. Yeah. And for my joy to be full, he's invited me into his work and his reconciliation, but like, he doesn't need me. So why am I obsessed with how much I crank out for him? Like, what is he going to be impressed that I, <laughs> that I cranked out yeah. six hours of work instead of three or whatever? Like, it, it's just so yeah. backwards, but it's, it's weird, so it? ingrained yeah. in our culture. <laughs> Maybe it's an insecurity in us that we need to be feeling significant or I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, as a, as a friend and as a brother, man, I just celebrate you for slowing down and uh, making spreadsheets, man, doing spreadsheets for the Lord. That's, that's fantastic. Dude, it's Google docs as well. And Google's the worst, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're serving the enemy. <laughs>
after we just had this whole conversation and talk about, uh, you know, not, not needing to be up to anything. Um, I, I am just kind of curious, like how, how you're affected by, um, from what I could gather, it seems like rivers and robots is kind of on an indefinite hiatus. Like it's not really like done, done, but it's not, you know, there's no real plans for the future or anything. Is that correct? Yeah, that's pretty much where we're at. Yeah. We're okay. up to buddies, but, um, yeah, it's, it's on hold. <laughs> so I, I'm just curious, um, other than your writings, which I'm really enjoying by the way, on Instagram, um, are, is there, you know, are you still kind of going to be making music or are you just kind of just taking a break from all that right now? Or I'm, I'm just getting back to enjoying music, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I feel like when, when music is your job, um, it's hard to sit down with a guitar and not be playing it and thinking about the next Rivers and Robots album, you know? Um, but now I'm just like, I can just sit and chill with my guitar and record whatever I want to record. And who knows Like I've not really got any big plans to do another album yet or anything like that. Um, I've never released a solo album, but I am writing, just writing stuff, you know, just singing, singing songs to God, really. Um, plugging into my local church a bit, but yeah, I'm not doing anything massively significant right now. So. <laughs> what kind of stuff do you like to, um, play for fun are you are you what are you into like ska or something or like what do you do when you're not playing rivers and robots stuff bagpipes no no I'm bagpipes, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I face north at 4 a.m every day and i and i sing bagpipes, to yeah. on my bagpipes <laughs> screamo um no um honestly i'm just like using i process through my day sometimes i'll write a little song about it or whatever i've got loads of little voice memos on my phone and stuff. I feel like I'm just back to what I was doing before the band, which is just enjoying playing on my guitar. Like I've been writing a couple of different worship songs. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know if I've got anything that I've released yet or anything like that. And I feel like I'm kind of trying not to get too invested in that at the moment. Like just, just try and enjoy it and yeah. Totally. I don't know, yeah. like, like, like an, ice, an iceberg, like you see the little tip of it and then there's loads of it underneath the water. Mm -hmm. I quite like the underneath the water thing at the moment. It's nice. So <laughs> I'm going to just hang out there for a bit. <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite and maybe the most important or most present attribute of God in your life? For, for instance, like you've been around the presence of God a lot, so you know that sometimes it's different. Sometimes there's just a real deep, um, just unexplainable peace. And other times it's like this electric power encounter. Sometimes it's like the joy of the Lord. And, um, and I just kind of notice a lot of times people tend to gravitate towards one, but what's kind of the one that, that you always feel is like the most important to you. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if it'd be like the love of God or the peace of God. Um, Cause I have like a very um, fast paced mind. Like I think a lot. Um, so just finding those spaces to just encounter like the peace and the love of God and just, just waiting in that and just allowing that to just soak in and just slow you down chill you out and 
and just knowing that like God loves you before you do anything or before you you don't need to prove yourself to him like you can rest and just receive that love and that peace um and just allow it to just soak in um because I'm definitely I've had a lot of like issues with that anxiety and like overthinking and like gone through some major stuff as well with friends and different things like that um big curveballs and things like that but just I'm always coming back to that just just wait just receive that peace and that love um that's huge man well on that note uh maybe to close things out would you mind just praying for the the listeners of this show I'd love for you to pray that they would experience some of the things that you've been talking about in the areas of rest and uh, yeah, just whatever comes to your heart. But would you mind just praying over us? Yeah, Lord, we just thank you that um, you lead us beside still waters and you restore our soul. And uh, I just invite you now, Holy Spirit, to just, um, just lead us beside those still waters and, uh, yeah, we just pray, Lord, um, that, yeah, to just like maybe open our hands and stuff like that, that we'll just receive your peace and your love. Like, thank you, God, you are smiling over us right now and you love us so much. Um, and we can just rest and receive, Lord. So we just receive your peace and we receive your love. And um, yeah, we just pray that all anxiety will melt away. And um, we're just able to be your children, not your slaves, not your workers, um, just children that you love, God. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> Amen. Cool. I'll be sure to cue in the uh, soft worship pad there to <laughs> smooth it out. <laughs> I see that hand there, young man. <laughs> Yeah. Well, cool, man. Thanks so much. Oh, Lord, you satisfy me like nobody else can. Lord, you satisfy me. In your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand. Our pleasures forever. There is fullness of joy at your right hand Our pleasures forevermore In your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand Our pleasures forevermore